Alright then, yet another podcast coming at you from my car, once again. Um, so, last uh, episode, I guess we could say, I talked about uh, my grandmother passing and how I was basically emotionless and all that. Fast forward to today, it is now the day after the funeral, uh, and the night of the funeral, after the funeral was over, uh, we had like a little after party gathering at my brother's house, and then at some point my mom basically like came in from outside and was crying about, you know, the whole situation, losing her mom, whatever, and uh, I didn't think I was going to cry at all for my grandmother, because I'm not like sad that she's gone, you know, I mean... She was wonderful, she brought smiles to everybody's faces, and, uh, you know, just all around a great person, um, I think that, you know, she lived long enough, um, and she left her mark on the world, she did what she came here to do, etc., etc., so, like, I'm not even sad that she's gone, you know, of course, you know, it's a shame that I won't see her again, but I think that the the outcome of her life, uh, you know, is great, um, that's all, I don't know, that's how, I've, that's all, that's the only feeling I have about my grandma passing away, is that the outcome of her life made great things, you know, you know, obviously, I'm here because of my grandmother, and that's more than I can ask, you know, I'm here because of my parents, they had me, and obviously my mom came from my grandmom, so, yeah, so, literally, my grandmom helped give me the gift of life, and she did plenty more than that, I mean, just, that alone is enough, uh, as long as the person that gave your life is not a complete piece of shit, but, you know, obviously my grandmother, she gave so much more than that to the world, so that's, that's the feeling that I have about her passing, I don't, I'm not sad, I'm not gonna miss her, I just, feel that she was great, and what she left here was great, that's all, it's the only feeling I have, and I didn't think I was gonna cry, you know, about anything relating to her death, and I didn't cry about my grandmother, I cried about my mother, because my mother, she came in, and the way that she was, you know, I saw her like that, and I just lost it, uh, cried pretty hard with her, and cried for like, probably half hour to an hour, I was trying to, like, grit my teeth and hold it together, but it was hard, you know. I was, like, losing it. But, you know, sometimes you need a good cry. But, uh, boy, what a tough, tough day that was. Um, for everybody. It was actually a very easy day for me, generally speaking. Um, you know, until that moment, you know, emotionally, until that moment. I was the Paul. I was one of the six pallbearers. That was, you know, that was a good experience. I, I just felt proud to like, you know, be there for my grandmother as a pallbearer at her funeral for my family, etc. So, but it was uh, it was actually a great funeral. I mean, great service. Uh, my sister at the viewing, she got up and gave like a really heartfelt speech, and I was there in case she needed me to, like, finish it, but I was also just, like, up there with her to just give her, like, a little bit of support. I didn't say anything. I didn't give any speech or any part of the speech or whatever, but 
at least, at least I was there, like, with her, um, and then I was a pallbearer, and there was a, uh, crappy luncheon, uh, I didn't like any of the food there, but whatever, it was just to fill your belly afterwards, but, and to spend more time with people, but, uh, let's see, yeah, I mean, it was mostly wonderful, I thought, because it brought everybody together, um, it was just amazing seeing, like, some of my long-lost cousins there, and, you know, like, some of my old parents' old friends, and just, you know, other types of family members that I haven't, hadn't seen in a while, and family, friends, whatever, it's so weird, you get, like, you get together with people at funerals, and it's like, dude, it's so good to see you, you're, like, so cool, I'm so happy to be, like, interacting with you right now, and then you're like, we should totally hang out, and then you just, like, never see him until, like, the next funeral, kind of ridiculous, like, I, I have cousins that aren't that far away that I should totally hang out with, um, and actually, uh, I have a cousin that I saw that I hadn't seen in, like, maybe 15 or so years, who now lives in North Carolina, and I'm in Delaware, so, like, I don't know, I think that'd be, like, an eight-hour drive to go see him, uh, probably not, maybe, like, a six-hour drive, I don't know, actually, I'm gonna do a little GPS, and maybe it'd be, like, between a four and six-hour drive, I don't know, but I definitely gotta see him, um, it was just, I don't know, it was just wonderful seeing everybody, I was just so happy that, I just have, I, you know, in, in previous podcast episodes, I've said that, like, my group of family, friends, whatever, it's just, I'm so fortunate to have so many people in my life that are just so good, and yesterday was another example of that, like, it was amazing how many good people there are in, in all of our lives, all of our lives, meaning the friends and family that I have, and they have, and whatever, anyway, man, it was great, uh, so that was nice, um, yeah, I, uh, invited the ex to the funeral, because, you know, I would really like for us to be, like, friends, and maybe for her to be kind of involved in the family still, because actually, I ended up going up there, like, Thursday night, it's now Sunday, um, so I stayed with her for, like, three, four days, whatever, um, you know, we had fun, we had some drinks, we played some games, and it was just really sad, like, leaving her again, like, we're, we're just incompatible, there's nothing, there's no way to get around it, and I hate it, because if we were good to each other and incompatible, I would be so happy to just settle down right now, but I can't settle down unless it's the absolute right person for me, and that sucks that she's not it, but she's not, I mean, we're just, there's, there's compatibility issues that I can't look past, I can't, I can't deal with it, if I stay in relationships that have compatibility issues like that, I just start to get unbearably unhappy, and I, I mean, this has happened, how many relationships have I been in where that's been the situation, let's see, first girlfriend, I mean, let's see, how many girlfriends have I had, one, two, um, like official girlfriends, it's hard to say, I'm, like, I usually, when I think about this, I usually just think of, like, all the girls that I fucked, uh, it's hard to differentiate between the two, but, uh, 
I don't know. I think it's somewhere in the realm of like ten to twelve like relationship relationships that lasted at least a few months. Some were up to like a year. Some were a couple years. Uh, actually, I think. Let's see. I think my longest relationship, aside from the last one I was in, was about a year and a half. And then this past one was six years long. So, you know, I had like a, a nine-month, like two nine-month relationships, like a year and a half one, six-year-long one, and then a, a bunch that were like a few months long. But literally every single one, I am just... I just end up in a situation where I'm just unbearably unhappy. I, I just get more and more unhappy no matter what I do, no matter what I try. I even tried therapy. That shit didn't work. I just can't deal with it. Um, and if you're like me and have the same problem, it's possible that you can't, you just can't be with anybody. Like, I don't know, I think there's something about committing myself fully to someone and realizing that I'll never be with, like, any other person I intimately, that's just kind of hard for me to take in. I mean, I feel like it's still possible that I'll find someone that I can, you know, fully commit myself to. It's just difficult, man. I don't know if it's because I want to keep getting laid by different girls or what it is. Because, you know... The grass is always greener on the other side, they say. Like, uh, I don't know. Um, it's like, yeah, the grass is always greener. I don't know if, if the relationship problems stem from me just wanting something new every once in a while, just getting sick of the person that I'm with. I mean, I always, I always get sick of the person I'm with, that's for sure. Um, the other thing is, like, what I learned in my latest relationship was that I kind of jump ship as soon as things get hard. Like, difficult, I mean. Not physically rigid hard. I mean, just difficult. Um, so, like, I'm sure you knew what I meant. I just like to clarify the innuendos. <clears throat> so... Like, for instance, if my ex and I, in my past relationship, whenever we would get into a fight, a lot of times they'd be, like, serious fights, like, or especially, like, early on, but toward the end of the relationship, not, they wouldn't even be that, like, serious, uh, but I would kind of, most of the time, just be, like, just thinking, like, alright, I can't do this anymore, this is just stupid, I'm gonna have to break up with her soon, blah, 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 um, but weird because I, I don't know I was we would just be having small arguments like just small things that she would do small things that we would do I would just be like I, I would just think like we are just so not compatible uh, and I just like hated dealing with those little little arguments little things that I didn't like I don't know what I'm trying to say there but I don't know, I, I hope there's somebody out there that I can settle down with, just be happy forever with. Uh, I just want someone that I'll be, like, okay with staying with them for life, even if we get into, like, these arguments and I get annoyed by the person sometimes. Like, as long as everything...
everything else is worth it. You know, I want to, I want something like that where everything else is worth it, even if that annoying shit happens or whatever. I would like all of, all of the rest of it to be worth it. I feel like it's hard for people to actually find that. And like, a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people just jump the gun and get married a lot. I mean, how is that even possible? Like, how do you, how do you just jump the gun and get married? I, I feel like, me personally, like, I have to do so much, like, personality research on a person. And, like, we have to be perfectly physically compatible. Like, I gotta be like, wow, you are super attractive, and wow, the sex is really good, stuff like that. And then also, gotta be smart, gotta be ambitious, gotta be, you know, silly, like me, you gotta not have... You gotta not be offended by my sense of humor. Like, so uh, far too often, I would have girls that, like, you know, I would be dating them, and then, like, I would just be cracking, like, my own jokes from my own personality, like, just like I normally do, where, you know, if someone was accepting of me, they'd, they would be like, that, you know, they would enjoy my personality if they were accepting of me. And there were a couple girls who, like, were there really even a couple girls that really fully accepted my sense of humor or whatever, I don't know, it's definitely an obnoxious sense of humor, and I should definitely, like, curb it sometimes, but I've been with a few girls that, like, to an extreme degree, they would just, like, kind of shush me in front of people that they didn't want to be, like, embarrassed around, which I get it, like, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I'm also, like, my own person, and I have a personality, like, I would, like, someone who doesn't, like, try to control me and change my personality around certain people. And, like, my latest relationship, we were extremely compatible as far as, like, sense of humor goes. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe everybody kind of has that where, like, you know, if you're acting kind of foolish around people that you don't maybe around, like, your family or something, or, like, certain friends, and it's just tough to, uh, explain, but I hate, I hate having to, like, change my personality around certain people, be all proper and whatnot, it's just kind of stupid to me, like, why, like, I'm literally, I, I think it's my mission on this earth to, like, make people smile and make people laugh. And I try to do that, like, constantly. And, like, especially when I'm new to people, they don't really understand my humor too well. And so, like, if I'm, like, with a girl, like, dating a girl, and I'm around her friends or whatever, um, like, her proper friends, I'll be, like, cracking, like, ridiculous, obnoxious jokes. And, you know, they'll be, like, you know, they'll be telling me to, like, shut up. But it's, it's usually because people don't understand my humor at first, uh, it's just very dry, monotone stuff, like, right off the bat, uh, I mean, I've, I've been getting better at it, actually, and I've also been getting better at just controlling myself in general, like, around mature people, whatever, I kind of, I'm better at reading the room, I guess, I would say that I didn't really develop a, um, like, a good social personality or social confidence 
until like a lot later than most people in life. Um, first of all, I think, I think I was just born pretty weird in general. Um, but on top of that, I also, I have like a, a knack for really wanting, wanting people's acceptance and really trying to like prove myself to people and uh, impress people and whatnot. And like, I think that led to a lot of like me being super fucking weird in uh, all throughout school and in my early 20s um, and even in my mid 20s. Um, I'm definitely just like kind of a weird dude, but you know, if you got to know me, I'm hilarious, uh, extremely friendly, uh, pretty generous very welcoming, like, I'll bring any friend just into the family, you know, um, just like everybody else I know, but, uh, I just, like, when I was growing up in school, I I was, you know, I was a gamer, like, hardcore, very much a turtle, like, I didn't really want to ever be in social situations, I was, I would always shy away from them, um, I feel like when alcohol, was introduced to me, like, when I first started drinking alcohol, uh, that's when my personality started, like, to develop a little bit more, because then I, I didn't have any, you know, um, uh, walls up, you know, I, I just, I was almost completely relaxed when I would drink around people, when I was feeling drunk, like, I would just be, like, super personable, hilarious, talk to everybody, but I was never, I would never talk to anybody before that, so I think, I think alcohol actually, like, really helped me, to be honest, and I still drink, like, a fair amount, like, I'll drink at parties or whatever, but, I don't know, I think in general, I've developed a much better social, uh, like, personality, um, I would say, like, when alcohol, when I first started drinking alcohol, that, that was good, uh, then I, even cigarettes, actually, because, you know, when, when you go out to have a smoke, usually, and if you're, like, at a party or whatever, you'll be smoking with, like, a few people at once, at the same time, so, just, like, drinking and smoking, I think, really helped me, helped my life, to be honest, and I'm not promoting cigarettes and alcohol, I'm not saying that's good for you, in fact, it's generally both bad for you, you know, unless you just do it in moderation, the drinking, but, uh, you know, they say that cigarettes are just all bad for you, but, for me, they helped my helped me develop my personality and social skills and whatever, whatever, uh, I'd say, you know, when I started going to bars, that helped my personality a bit, um, I think maybe the biggest thing that helped my personality was when I first got good at a job, um, doing the background check job, I've mentioned this in my previous podcasts, uh, that was actually, like, the first job that I considered myself good at, um, every job before that, I was just, like, scraping by, bare minimum, like, hated every moment of it, just super lazy and non-productive, uh, I was basically just doing customer service jobs, you know, like, retail jobs, um, I tried being a service writer for a car dealership, um, but for the most part, it was, like, all customer service jobs, and I was way beyond not a people person whatsoever, uh, so it was pretty terrible, like, no customer ever liked my personality, but that was because I didn't have a personality, like, I was just dead silent whenever anyone would talk to me, like, you know, I would respond to them, but I would never, 
I would rarely have anything to add to a conversation, especially like when it comes to small talk. You know, people would be like, oh, the weather's really good today. And I'd be like, uh huh, yep. And that's all I would say. I wouldn't like actually add anything to any conversation. Um, so I, I, I just could not stand customer service jobs. So this background check job, like I, it was a desk job, it was data entry. And I was like, well, I'm good with like computers. Um, I'm good at like understanding just loads of information, I guess. So I was good at that job. And I think just being good at like finding my niche, finding a, finding a job that I was actually good at kind of gave me something to be like proud of and, um, just gave me just a confidence booster because not only was I just good at a job, but I ended up being so good at the job that I was able to finally like train people and help people and stuff and like show people how to do the job, you know, as well as I could or whatever. Um, it was a great confidence booster because I found something I was good at and I could, you know, I mentioned that I have like an, a desire to kind of impress people and prove myself to people. And eventually I became the trainer of that job. And that was like the ultimate form of being able to prove myself to people because I was just training all the new people that came in. So it was basically like I had a mastery of, of this job. So I had a mastery of it and I was able to like share it with other people and show people how good I was and and whatnot. And, you know, I would always get compliments from my bosses like, wow, you're doing really good, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I think the ultimate confidence booster was getting the web development job because I, I ended up getting like really bored with the background check job and, uh, it's just, it just ended up sucking because I would, my production was like slipping and and whatever. I mean, because I wanted to learn to code. I was basically focusing all of my attention while I was at this background check job. I was focusing all of my attention on learning to code. Like, I would even read coding books, like, while at work. You know, like, online coding books while I was at work. Uh, I would, like, make, like... I would write code that did certain stuff while I was at work. Um, you know, I just wasn't really paying attention to the that current job that I had. Or the, the job I had at that time. Because I was so focused on coding. So, um... But anyway, it was great because putting all that time and effort into coding really, like, if if I didn't do that while I was at work, it would have taken me maybe, like, twice as long to, like, fully learn the coding and get a job. It would have taken me twice as long to get a job. Um, I'm going to just put cruise control on. That way I don't have to focus on so many things. But, Yeah. It would have taken me twice as long to get a web developer job if I hadn't been, like, practicing while at work. Uh, But the day I got the call after putting in, like, dozens of applications all over the place for these web developer jobs, the day I got the call back, I was just, like, super stoked. I felt, like, on top of the world. I felt like I had achieved more than every other person at that job. Well, because, you know... It's not like you're better for having gotten that job, but it just seemed like everyone there was complacent with working that job. See, that the thing is, though, about that job, like, it's a respectable job, but that's a job that you can just get. You don't have to have any skills whatsoever 
but I did something that requires you to learn a skill, like a valuable skill, and I achieved it, and no one else there did that. I mean, a lot of them were going to school and whatnot, and they were on their way, but at that time, out of everyone that worked there, I was basically the only one that achieved getting the career they wanted, rather than just getting a job kind of thing. Um, other than the people that were like in the coding department there, which was pretty small, like obviously they had degrees or whatever. It also felt really cool that I just self-taught myself. I just taught myself how to code because, you know, a lot of these other people, they either went to a coding boot camp or college to learn it. But, you know, that's, that's totally respectable as well, but it just felt cool to like be self-taught. Um, but you know, the fact that I proved to myself that I could achieve something like that, um, that in turn led to being a huge confident booster. Now, the other thing was it also led to me being very cocky for a while. And, uh, I am now no longer as nearly as cocky as I was, um, I had a lot of imposter syndrome, but was still very cocky about, you know, what I achieved. Um, I got to concentrate and pass through a narrow passage, uh, through this toll thing. Okay. Let's do it. Um, hopefully there's no gate thingy. I don't believe there is. Nope, there doesn't appear to be. And we're good. So, yeah, anyway, moving on. I just, uh, I was pretty cocky. I was always like, I would always say things like, you know, anybody could become a web developer if they wanted. It's really easy. Which is true that it's really easy to become a web developer. But if you're not computer savvy, then it's much harder, I think. It's, like, so much harder if you're not computer savvy to be a web developer. I think you have to be pretty darn computer savvy to, to pick it up easily, basically, is what I'm saying. Otherwise, it's probably pretty darn hard because you got to learn how to use computers very well. And then, like, while you're learning that, you also have to learn to code. So I think it's maybe, like, twice as hard if, you, if you're not already very computer savvy. So the whole time, like, the first, like, two years or maybe even, like, three years of me being a web developer, I was always like, dude, you could just learn web development, it's cake. But it was only cake for me because, you know, I, I'd been on computers my whole life. Like, I played... Even some of my gamer friends aren't anywhere close to as computer savvy as I was before I even started to learn to code. Like, because I was a PC gamer. So, like, I think if you're a PC gamer, you can easily learn to code. But if you're not a PC gamer and you're just not constantly on computers, it's going to be probably a lot harder for you to learn to code. I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, but another thing about how cocky I was, like, I just, like, I didn't want, like, looking back on it, it's a terrible way to be, but I kind of felt like I was, like, above people for doing it. Like, terrible way to be. I should have never, you know, felt that way, obviously, but... I certainly don't feel that way anymore. I'm much more, like, zen, much more chill, much more logical, much much better of a person now, to be honest. I mean, I'm, I'm still not flawless. I've got some personality flaws, but... Well, that guy was doing about 100 miles per hour. Um, 
Yeah, I got personality flaws. I'm not perfect, but now I don't care what what job you do. I respect you for it. Like your current job, listener, whatever you're doing right now, it's perfect. You know, if you want to achieve something higher than that, go for it. Follow your dreams, but nothing wrong at all with the job you're currently doing. Totally respectable. Um, you know, it's up to you if you want to pursue something different. It's, you know, web development, coding, that's not the only option. You could go to college, you could be a doctor, you could be a lawyer. All super respectable. Like, even jobs that don't require degrees, that don't require you to go to college are also super respectable. Like, even, even Taco Bell. Like, I... Like, when the stress levels got really high at my web development job, I actually, like, considered even working at, like, a, a fast food restaurant. Like... I think that's respectable as well. You're freaking making food for you, for people. That's incredible. It's amazing to make food for people. You're literally feeding people, keeping them alive, you know? You're, you're helping keep them alive. You're, you're contributing to a part of that. Very cool. Um, so, I don't know. I definitely... Um, I'm a big fan of the fact that I achieved the, like, the dream career that I always wanted. That's cool. One of, I guess the whole point of this thing was that, like, I really lacked personality before, but now I have a lot more confidence. Um, and, like, I don't know, I'm just way more chill around people. I think one of the reasons that I had such trouble socially before was, like, I always felt like a worthless person that wasn't contributing to society, I didn't have, like, I didn't feel like I had a respectable job, I didn't feel like I was productive whatsoever, or mature, like, I felt like everybody around me was, like, working hard to achieve, you know, better, better careers, whatever, but when I got the web developer job, I started to feel like I was more, like, a more productive member of society, I didn't feel like I had any reason not to know that I had value to people, you know what I mean? Um, like, I just, now I know that I have value to people, um, and I, I didn't think I was, like, cool before or whatever, I don't know, I just, I just have, like, full confidence, pretty much, I mean, sometimes I get anxiety and I'm just, like, eh, like, a little shaky around certain people, but in general, I pretty much have, like, full confidence around people, um, it's nice. It's nice to have that much confidence now. I never used to. Uh, it's really good because having that level of confidence allows you to be more chill around people. And then being more chill around people allows you to be funnier and more appealing to people. If you're more relaxed, people are going to enjoy your presence a lot more if you're than if you're like high-strung. Unless your relaxation is equal to being a lazy piece of shit and a mooch, you know, things like that. That kind of sucks for people, absolutely. But, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, productive and you're good and you're generous and you're nice to people and you're friendly and inviting, all those things, and you're also super chill and zen and relaxed, people are going to love you, you know? That's just how it goes. Nobody likes someone who's like a stuck-up asshole, obviously. But, 
That's a bunch of rambling from me. Uh, oh, also, I found out something cool uh, that kind of has to do with the whole Will Smith, Chris Rock thing. Before, I was just like, yeah, it's, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I think Will Smith, you know, somebody talks shit on his wife. And sometimes when people talk shit on your wife, you hit him. Like, he was just, stand, you know, trying to be a man and stand up for what he believed in. I still, after what I'm, what I'm about to say, like, I still support... I, I basically still basically don't have an opinion on it because... Like, I don't think anything really that wrong happened. I think, you know, it's possible that Will Smith just got pissed off and people get pissed off. It happens. You know, uh, there's certainly right and wrong and he probably shouldn't have done it, but I can't really hold much against him because people get pissed off. That's a... It's a natural human reaction. Like, he felt pressure to do something. He did it. I mean, obviously, you should hold some kind of, like right and wrong standards in your life because obviously there's murder and no one should murder anyone but and you know maybe maybe he shouldn't slap whatever but I don't know I don't want to judge you know you, you hear the, the phrase judge not lest you be judged yourself uh, you know it's a religious quote um, quote from the bible so like I can't judge I can't I can't like righteously judge anyone for almost anything unless it's like murder but what I'm going to say here is uh, definitely more in support of Chris Rock than Will Smith. And uh, it's that my cousin had alopecia recently. I just found this out at the funeral. Because I was like, um, like we were making fun of him because he looked Amish, <laughs> which was hilarious. He, he had like a big beard but no mustache. And I was like, my brother was like saying he was like Amish or something. And I was like, yeah, it's because he got no mustache. He got just the beard. And he's like, oh, yeah, I can't grow, grow hair there. And, like, he didn't get offended. And then he, he said, uh, and I was like, oh, damn. And he's like, yeah, I actually lost all my hair uh, recently. I had a, he said he had alopecia. And I was like, no way, you had alopecia? Like, what timing that is, you know, for the Will Smith thing. And, um, and he was like, yeah, he used to make fun of all his friends for being bald. And then now they made fun of him for being bald because he had alopecia. But he didn't, he said he, like, wasn't mad about it. Like, I think a normal person... If, if you understand that someone's joking, you shouldn't get mad. I mean... Turn left onto South Kaiser Avenue. And... <laughs> Oops, I gotta go a different direction. Well, I'm gonna go this way first. Alright then. Um, yeah, I, you, it's a little extreme to get that pissed off about a joke. Um, there's definitely worse jerk jokes out there. And I think it's sucky for you to fucking slap Chris Rock in the... Dude, like... Chris Rock thinks Will Smith's wife is great. And, so, you know, a lot of people do. And, like, you can crack jokes like that. It's not like... I just feel like it is it is a bit extreme to slap somebody over shit like that. And, I mean, I've always been so in support of no one ever taking a, co a comedian's joke seriously. You know, I've always thought that that was ridiculous. That's what all the comedians say. They say, it's just a joke. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's it's part of their job to tell jokes and to tell offensive jokes, too. But even offensive jokes should be taken lightly because they're just jokes. They're not serious. But, I mean, obviously, people say things sometimes that make you feel self-conscious and upset, whatever. 
But I don't know. If my cousin Bill can handle it, then... I don't know. Why can't... Why can't Will Smith handle it? You know, my cousin took the... Took the jokes very lightly. He knew that they were... Like, they... Like, his friends still love and appreciate him. Even though they're making fun of him. And, like, we all know... And Will Smith and Jada should have known that Chris Rock, he literally even said, I love you, (laughs) in the same sentence as the joke. I think, right? He said, like, I love you, can't wait, or, I love you, G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. Jada, I love you, G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. I think that's exactly how the joke went. And so he, like, he said that he loves her. (laughs) Like, not literally, obviously, but, like, he really appreciates Oh, shit. Here we go. Don't pull me over, please. Don't do it. Oh, God. Uh-oh. He's not moving yet. <laughs> anyway, I thought I was going to get pulled over. I'm not going to lie. Because uh, you hold your phone up. My uh, my ex actually came down to visit me in Delaware and uh, like a month ago or so. And um, she did get pulled over for having her phone like kind of up to her face. Uh, just looking at a GPS, whatever. I think it's ridiculous for a cop to pull you over if you're looking at your GPS. Because then that means that zero people ever can look at their GPS ever. Like, that's the logic behind the, you know, the law that states that you can't look at your freaking GPS. Basically, it was like some kind of program that they were running, like safer driving, keep both hands on the wheel thing. But anyway, I think that's going to just about do it for me. I'm pretty close to my destination here. Um... Yeah, we'll stop it there. Uh, I still have to... I mean, by the time you listen to this, I will have uploaded all of the video... Or the the sound clips that I have recorded. Currently, I'm sitting on one draft and then this recording as well. So, I'm going to upload them as separate episodes. But, man, I, uh, I hope you keep listening. I hope you're enjoying what you're hearing. Because, you know, I'm just winging this whole thing. I, I want to start, like, writing down my plans for what I'm going to say. But... Um, I will probably at some point. I also enjoy winging them, you know. I don't mind winging it. It's pretty fun. Um, it's definitely great to get my thoughts out. And I hope that, like, what I'm saying helps people. That would be great. Uh, because then I'll feel better about myself. (laughs) And then maybe more people will listen and all that stuff. I don't know. Alright, I'm at my destination. Great talking to y'all. Have a good night.